Yes, and uh, coming up about 10 minutes, we're 10 minutes smoking camp. Uh, Dan, who are we talking about, uh, who you talked about this week, or who just speak to you with your podcast? Uh, AJ Brimson. Honestly, if he was in any other club, he'd almost be a superstar. He plays consistently eight or nine out of ten. He was fantastic in round one. Yeah, really good. Very, very good fo- footballer, AJ. Oh, just and just underrated. Like, yeah. I, I, if you put him in one of the glamour clubs, as, as I said, he would be massively, massive rated. Tell you what, they've got some good fullbacks. Like, oh, yeah. Like, keep Campbell on the bench. Jaden is very, very good footballer. Guys, look, um, last week, Dolphins beat uh, Roosters 28-18. We haven't mentioned uh, Sean O'Sullivan and uh, Jeremy Marshall King. Both players, I think, the best games of their career. Just kept mm. the kettle boiling through the middle of the field. Webby, you're writing Wayne's book at the moment. Uh, you've been talking to him quite intimately. Have you yeah. spoken to him I after did, the I, win? I've let him. I've left left him alone this week to bask in his glory of beating the Roosters. Mm. Um, he looked like the cat that got the cream, didn't he? Oh, what about uh, him in the press? Oh. He was com- commanding. One of the all-time smirks. Yeah. He just sat there and what the little digs at the Broncos. Yes. As he gets older, he seems more, motivi- more motivated by revenge. <laughs> he's very, very vengeful, isn't he? Very Clint Eastwood-esque. Yeah. Yes, I was yeah. going to say. He is. Yeah, he did it, uh, he did it at the Broncos when he, um, when he was at South and Anthony Seabold, poor old Seabs, copped it. Yep. And then <laughs> now he's doing it to the Broncos again. And don't you think he'd be loving it off the back of Farnworth and Flegler signing with them? I, uh, every time I've spoken to him in the last six months, he's just been growing. He's, he's sort of been bemused by all this talk that he's past it or that, you know, he hasn't been able to landmark he players. And I think there was certainly a lot of um, mm. <clears throat> a lot of edge to that that first game. For mine, there was an incident in the first half where um, uh, Katoa got hit, uh, got smashed by Sawali. And it, it was like, in, it was like, welcome, it was like a wor- welcome to first grade moment. And, I th- and that kid looked rattled in the first half. Yep. And I thought the way that he handled himself in the second and didn't get rattled, to me, I don't know what Bennett said to him, but it certainly worked. Mate, I uh, had a chat to Katoa when oh. I was up at the Dolphins thing. He is a super impressive young kid. Like, uh, they're not even a, a, a drop of uh, arrogance or ego. There's no, I'm the next big thing. There's none of that. You know, I asked him, like, what's the goal for this year? And you know, if you're the next big thing, it's like, oh, I want to fight and get a spot and stay there. He was all just about, I just want to learn. Maybe I'll get a debut. Maybe I won't. I, I think that he's got all the skill in the world, mm. but he's got the right mindset. And got the right coach. Yep. Because, you know, kid comes in, got all expectations. You're going to be the next big thing. There's all that pressure, debut, and you, and you said bad first half. A lot of young guys might drop their bundle, but they go out there in the second half and play to your potential. Um it's funny with Wayne, like what we saw in the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, was his ability to invent things but then convince himself <laughs> it was true to build his own siege mentality. With Wayne in the press conference, you know, saying, oh, people said we weren't going to win a game. I've never never heard one person Not say that. Not at all. I, I, I talked to him about like, no, exactly. No one said that at all. Uh, <laughs> then, Wayne, but, uh, no but, one actually said that. But you know what? But yeah, So I, I remember talking to him for the book about um, the 2020 Origin series, right? And he said as soon as it came out of Gal's mouth about worst team in 40 years of Origin and then and then the Telegraph followed him and he said, this is the way he said, he goes, thank you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Good as gold. Thank uh, you. <laughs> well, um, okay, let's go because this is – like, Dan, and you'd be acutely aware of this as much as anybody, how good this is for rugby league in Brisbane. It's, it's very interesting, Dan, in the early days of the Broncos, you would go up to Brisbane right, in the early 90s and 
and it was just on the cusp when they started to dominate and win competitions. And the moment you arrived in Brisbane, the baggage handlers, you know, the people walking through the airport, when you jumped on the bus, when you went to when the concierge of the hotel, it was always the Broncos are just going to give it to you blokes. Mm. You know, it was, then all of a sudden, things suddenly change and you start to get up there and you still get people saying Broncos are going to give it to you, but you'd get people saying, stick it up those arrogant bastards. Mm. There was a bit of that. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Like, so the city went from being, as is the Australian way, mm. there was that tall poppy stuff. And some of, you know, they could, I think it was probably fair enough. There was a bit of, there was a lot of arrogance with the Broncos. Did you feel it at the Knights? Newcastle? Um, no one, they never turned? I, I tell you what, Webby, the, the, I think the Knights, the community was more divided when they first come into the competition. Right. In, up in Cessnock, in the early years, first couple of years, there was genuine hate towards the Knights because they viewed the Knights as... Uh, a, a club that had ruined the local league. Yeah, um, yeah, gotcha. and th- that sort of changed. Um, I, I think as we went along, we sort of get, started winning games with competitions. Of course, we had a lot more support. Of course, but to have the Dolphins up there now mm. almost sort of picks up the slack of all those fans that were disenchanted, you know, disenfranchised by the Broncos. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I when you're in it, you don't realise how fortunate you are. But obviously, when when I came through, and I'm no superstar at all, but they genuinely treated you. It was the closest thing to being treated like an English football star. Yeah. You know, that's how much they loved the Broncos in those early 2000s. And it was all built off the back of players much better than me and, you know, winning all those premierships. And and we did, we were arrogant and we did think we were elite because the way we saw it or the way I felt that we saw it, I wasn't in the senior playing group. It was, we're arrogant, but we deliver. So if yeah. you, if you want to be at this club, we, you, you're either one of the best in the competition. Like we, it was so deeply ingrained in the Broncos when I was coming through. If we didn't get the best of the best coming out of school, like we just did, like yeah. whoever we wanted in that Australian side, in the schoolboy side, boom, straight up to the Broncos. Dan and we go to the City Rowers after it. And I used to, I say this to Paul Bunn, who now is, who's now at the Melbourne Storm. This is Kat. I said, Bunny, you, you know, I said, you bastards. We'd we'd actually we'd actually turn up at the city rowers and forget about Alfie and Kevy thinking they're better than us. You blokes, the blokes who were carrying the water, yeah. <laughs> thought they were better than us. It was and it was <laughs> it was just the way it was, and it was basically and that's the the biggest issue in through those tough years was and you know people had spoken about it is there was you know a young team a part of the Broncos that was wearing the jersey but they hadn't earned the right for that arrogance. Mm. Whereas guys like you know Darren Locker and all that, not to say they were arrogant as in they were bad people at all, but yeah. they had earned the right. To go, we are the best. Well, that, it's a healthy arrogance. It's a healthy arrogance. It was arrogance. deserved. 100%. And so yeah. coming through as a young guy, it was brutal because those we had basically the Australian side, or at least close to half of it, and they would just weed out any weakness. Like if you showed a Sony sign of sooking or you weren't going to cop it, abuse from or you weren't willing to earn their respect, you were just gone. Yeah. So you know this arrogance you're talking about? You know who bred it and fed it and fostered it? The Dwayne train? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the what was it? Dwayne Bennett. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne, the Dwayne train. Yeah, hop on the... Uh, how yeah. did you know what... All tickets to... How did you, know you know that was the name of the book? <laughs> tickets to the Wayne train. <laughs> but okay. he did. He loved it. And like even in researching this book, like after they won the back-to-back premierships and they had a flat spot there before they came good in around Super League... That was a real issue. There's stories around that time about uh, and letters to the editor of uh, this is around '93. Uh, sorry, '94, '95. They said they wanted '92, '93. So '94, '95. Mm. That's when there was like letters to the editors 
of the Courier Mail talking about the arrogance of the Broncos in the community. Yeah, they yeah, had the yeah. run of the they had the run of the city because you just as you're young, you're 18, and anywhere you go, you don't pay for drinks. Anywhere you go, you go straight through the line, and it's not you're not going, you're not walking up to the door and going, oh, I expect to get in here. They're calling you out of the line, going, right. oh mate, how good, right? Whereas like. It's very different nowadays. I, th- I th- almost think sometimes that tall poppy syndrome is worse today yes. than it used to be, where, you know, they just wouldn't do that. There's, there's a lot of ego involved, which is understandable. I don't think, mm. you know, young footy players should be treated any differently, but it's just the way of the yeah. world. Uh, you know, it got to a point, like, it was so brutal coming through the young younger ages. Uh, I think this is after Wayne had left. Um, one of the coaches, after Wayne had left, had to sit everyone down and say, guys, we're too harsh on the young players coming through. Yeah. The banter is too much. You've got to stop spraying each other and you've got, got to stop having cracks at each other. Wow. That's how that's how yeah. ruthless it was. Mate, you're saying about free stuff. I mean, why, uh, like Gordon, you know, as he said, the only thing he pays for in, in Queensland is nappies and petrol. And I said, well, you don't have to pay for petrol if you just drive off. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go, boys. Three to one, let's rip through these. Three to one, best rivalries. Two teams in one city. Webby? Manchester City men, United. Oh, That's, and, and I guess that should be number one. And I, I explain to my boys all the time, like Manchester City were in the Division 2 at one point. And the laughing stock. The laughing stock. And Man United, you know, a lot of the blokes I played with the Wigan, most of those guys were Man City fans. Yeah, right. Whereas... Uh, and Manchester United were just the behemoth, and they used to laugh at them. Now it's hasn't totally well. They're the they're the monster club, and Man U aren't anywhere near what Man City were. But no. how things have changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've done the same. Number three. Yeah, yeah no, number three. Well, it's City-ish. I mean, it's Rabbitohs, Roosters. Like awesome. that's number three for me. Uh, yes, you've stole my number one. Man United City was my oh, number yeah, one. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Roosters, Rabbitohs. It's it's a great rivalry. What about? And it's on again next Friday. So good. I it's, Roosters Rabbitohs Grand Final. It'll be the most everything, the most engaged media we've ever had, the most turnout, the most watched. Think about the stories that'll be getting leaked pre-grand final. People if have leaked Rabideau's. stories? <laughs> not in rugby league, Dan. No. Maybe in rugby union, no. but not in rugby league. No, my no- now, Webby, I want to ask you about this because my number two is Boca Juniors versus River Plate. And it's class warfare. Boca, the real tough uh, working class area. Uh, to say the least, of Buenos Aires versus River Plate. You've been at a game? I've, I haven't been to a derby between the two of them, but I've been to uh, two separate games, one at Boca Juniors, one at uh, Monumental, to see uh, River Plate. Um, frightening. I, I don't. I can't even wrap my head around how, because both those experiences were so full on, mm. and you get patted down for, like for everything. There's a moat around Monumental so people can't. Storm the field. Crocodiles in it. No, with crocodile. Exactly. (laughs) There is crocodile. Um, But Boca Juniors is like, you you, you basically can't get, you've got to walk within a two kilometre radius of the stadium. Like, you've got to walk into the, like, there's just, there's no cars allowed at all. And it's just like, the, Uh, there's so, it's so, loud and it's drums going throughout the whole thing. It's, it's full on. Yeah. It's very loud. Hey, um, Alex, have you, like, you know, I mean, football have the biggest rivalries. Yeah. Some of the ones you've been to? Uh, I haven't been to any. Oh, right. Okay. Let's go back. (laughs) But I can give you a couple. I'll reel off a couple. The eternal derby in Serbia between Partizan and Red Star. And that comes back to the old days of the Yugoslavs with one being on the the side of independence and one on the side of the communists. And that still splits the country. Well, the man, uh, Arkan, who is... uh, 
notorious figure yep. of the Balkans. He owned Red Star Belgrade there exactly. for a while. So, you know, that that game's massive. The Derby della Madonnina, which is the Milan Derby. Oh, into AC. Little, the Little Madonna Derby. Well, they, share a stadium in with, the San Siro. With the uh, ultras sit there from uh, AC Milan. They call it the Lion's Den. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I read a book on it, and they said that at one point there was a guy sitting up, uh, in, an AC fan, and he had one of those high-pressure... You know, you remember the, I'm trying to think of that movie, No Country for Old Men, when he was oh, yeah, shot, yeah, yeah, shooting yeah. like the pot, bell, uh, like air pressure gun. gun. Air air pressure gun. gun. Yeah, he yeah. was firing an air pressure gun down one end of the ground to interfans down the other what? end. What? In this book. Yep. Yes. Man. Wow. And uh, we've got a text here. Sorry, last one. Uh, Celtic versus Rangers oh, yeah. from Ange in Glasgow. Well, that's my number one. From Ange in Glasgow. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Ange. Yes. Thank you, Ange. Yeah, that, without a doubt. What about that? Because yeah. that, like most rivalries... It is more than just football. It's yep. more than just sport. We said about Boca and River Plate's dribble on class warfare. This is like Protestant versus Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Hardcore. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. Yes. They're the best derbies where you, you're getting at something that's bigger than just the two clubs. And that's what I love about South and the Roosters for that same reason. You're getting at that little bit of classism between yeah. them. The and, and the Alex, oh. Fer- Alex Ferguson, to see the documentary on him, the thing that defied his winning spirit and the way he – one of the reasons – he is who he is, was as a young player, made his debut for Glasgow uh, Rangers against Celtic mm. and had a shocker, oh. like a shocking game. Mm. And it just – and his wife was Catholic and he was Protestant. So it just brought up all this stuff to the point that he just went, I'm getting out. It's yeah. amazing. South Roosters, I, I've, I've, um, I've covered both those clubs for so long. If they knew just how – Sim, like they're, they're both they're both the most well run clubs, probably in the in the game mm. really. There's, and with two big passionate uh, power brokers. But I love Nick Politis. Every time a new coach comes along, he goes, "I love to win, but I hate losing to South more." Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the fixture that matters the most. That is awesome. Yeah, right up. We're going to take a uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, after the break, we're going to uh, hear from the big man. 